I'd like to welcome you to WCPT AM's Out Chicago. Think of us as Sunday brunch with your gay best friends. Now, please welcome your host, Scott Duff. And a happy Sunday fun day to everybody out there, and Happy New Year! Good morning, Ellen Miller. Good morning, Scott. Happy New Year to you, too. Happy New Year. We made it through the first week of, of 2023, <laughs> what and a what a spend. week! Holy smokes. It's wow. It does not pretend. <laughs> it's going to be a weird year. It's just going to be a weird year. And there we are. But hey, it's the today is the first day of our tenth year on I'm, the air. Do you believe it? No. Do you believe it? No. I'm, I'm looking at old pictures of us when we were getting ready to do our first in the blizzard. Yeah, the course of that morning, you know, as if I wasn't nervous enough, I'll be honest. Oh, I was we were pooping both, my pants. Know, Scott yeah, Scott and I, you know, it was our first radio show for both of us. And had, there was like this big storm that happened the night before. Uh-huh. I, mean, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. But we made it. And we made it like an hour early. Yeah, we were here, here real early. Real, yeah, real early, early. Just kind of like, oh. We were in the conference room, plotting and planning and having yeah. some snacks. Yeah. And it was crazy. Here we are beginning our 10th 10th year. It's year. amazing. So thank oh you out yeah. there for listening. Hey, thank you, listeners. I've gotten some really, uh, I, I pointed out that I left my previous job. Uh, the anniversary was this week. And the, the same day I left was basically the day, ironically, the anniversary of starting here and I got so many wonderful I comments. never realized that yeah wow and I had left several years earlier oh, but okay. it was the same day oh oh gotcha you gotcha, know, gotcha, just gotcha. on the calendar and, oh. and I wrote about it how and I just got so many lovely comments and comments about uh, people that uh, have been listening to our show from the beginning which warms my heart it warms so, my heart too. thank you listeners my, thank you for uh, if it wasn't for you we wouldn't be here it's true my cockles years. are warmed yes they are my cockles are warmed <laughs> yes 2023 is a weird year it's a, I, I went to a Bulls game Oh, I know, and they won. Did you know that? I know you're in a box. I know that can get distracting. I, l- I left a little early. Okay, you left for the end. <laughs> well, I was. I was. Well, yeah. We'll talk about. It. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But okay, hey, I hear just about let that. you know what's going on here. But you uh, liked it though. You enjoyed your time there. Yeah, no, okay, there was okay. some. There were sports happening behind okay, me. Okay, I was good. chatting with a bunch of friends from from school. Oh, so it was, it was like a big Northwestern makes... reunion. Yeah. It was pretty amazing. Yeah, it was a really fun time actually. Uh, and today's going to be a fun time too. Uh, we've got a. We've got some really. Like, we got a great show lined up uh, for you today. Uh, in 2018, filmmaking. Zach Miners discovered that his former conversion therapist was still practicing. That's got to be fun. <laughs> yeah, so struggling with the trauma of his own experience, uh, Zach began an endeavor to amplify and empower the voices of survivors and expose the secretive and often deadly practices of conversion therapy. There's a reason why it's been outlawed in yes, many, many states. Sure and the result is an incredible documentary called Conversion. Uh, and it follows the personal journeys of five survivors of conversion therapy. It's there's going to be eye opening and informative and well done and uh, highly recommended. But as soon as I finished watching the screener, I immediately emailed uh, our guests, uh, executive producer Shimmy Braun and uh, Dustin Rayburn, um, who's going to be on, who's one of the subjects of the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sent them an email. I'm like, look, in in the ten years, nine years, or whatever that I've been doing this, I've seen a lot of films on conversion therapy mm-hmm. and this one it was so real it was very per- it felt yeah. very personal it was the most effective it was it's really amazing and there's going to be a chicago premiere on january 12th on thursday night on thursday night at the landmark century uh don't don't miss it it's it really is it's amazing so we're going to be speaking with executive producer shimmy braun who has been with our show since the very beginning since actually the, yes it's so, so that he's here today. wonderful that he's here today yeah. uh especially sharing a gift that is so powerful um and we're also going to be speaking with 
Dustin Rayburn, who Drag Race fans might know uh, a little bit better as Dusty Ray Bottoms. And actually, we're going to be speaking to Dusty Ray Bottoms because she's going to be in between shows. In between shows, shows <laughs> in drag doing In drag doing the interview. So. On the air, you know, because yes. nothing's more fun than drag on the radio. Yes, of course. I'm in drag right now. Yeah. There he is. There it is. His version of drag. Yes. I look like Mr. Rogers. Uh, <laughs> and you know what? After the shenanigans of the House of Representatives this last week, we, we should all be happy that like the elections are over. Guess again. Not elections so are fast. coming up again in February here. Uh, we got some local elections. Uh, it's happening under uh, there underway. And uh, we're going to be speaking with uh, Lenny Manah Hoppenworth, who is a candidate for the 48th Ward Alderperson. Yeah. Um, She's up against nine. And others, I understand. Yeah, there are a ton of people in that race. Uh, but all, and, you know, interesting people, but she, to me, uh, really stands out. Well, and I'm so excited to have her back on the show. We've had her on many yes, times because she, yeah. she's, yeah, she was with Indivisible Illinois, and she is one of these people who, because of the last administration, that's why she got into politics. She, she became, yeah, she was like, I can't, what can I do? She felt helpless. And then she became a part of Indivisible Illinois. And then the rest is, is her story mm-hmm. to continue with the drag race mm-hmm. theme there going Indeed. on. There. So, yeah, so we're going to be speaking uh, with Lenny Mana Hoppenworth at the beginning of the uh, second hour. So, yeah, and of course, we would love to hear from you, uh, our lovely listeners who've been with us for 10 years or nine years. Uh, give us a call, 773-763-9278. That number again is 773-763-9278. Of course, you can find us on Facebook, where we are coming at you live. Just head on over to Out Chicago Radio. And while you're there, please give us a like. Uh, share us. We'd love to amplify uh, am- amplify our, our little our little gay show. Mm, that's us. Mm, there we go. Uh, and if that doesn't float your boat, you can always tune in on uh, WCBT. And while you're at it, why not follow WCPT on all social media at WCPT820 on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. There we go. Ellen Miller, it has been a month. It's been a month since, since we've, we've seen each, each other. other in person, yeah. You were gone. How was how everything was great. Uh we you know, we, we we went down to Tennessee to spend some time with Kathy's family. Then we went to Nashville for a couple of nights. Yeah. And we usually go for one night, but we we extended for two nights this year. We were there on a Saturday night and Scott Is it Broadway? Broadway's the big street? Broadway's the big street. We didn't spend much time on Broadway. We had to do our, you know, uh, we, every year we have to spend a moment or two on Broadway. We did right. J- Jack's Barbecue, which we love, and then next door is Robert's Western, well, Robert's, whatever it's called. It's a it's a, one of the longest, oldest honky-tonks on Broadway. Oh, okay. That and Tootsie's, and it's the one authentic. They, they pointed out from the stage, we're the only one that doesn't have TV screens everywhere. This is just about music. music. And country music, and, and uh, it was... Everywhere we went, we heard music. And, you know, I'm a musician. Yeah, I love yeah, yeah. music. That's Kathy and I both love music. And everywhere we went, they do a Christmas song or two. This is the week before Christmas. Right, right, right. And, you know, it struck me. I mean, every, you know, just music everywhere. Hotel lobby, free music every night. We, we stayed around the corner from something called um, Printer's Alley. There's great venues there. There's a burlesque venue. There's a blues venue. All within steps from our hotel. And I'm like... Chicago really needs to live up to their name of Home of the Blues. They need to create 
you know, take some like a blues district, like a blues district, exactly, yeah. and and subsidize some of these maybe these empty storefronts that are sitting around, and all the musicians that have been you know they're still hard hit by the by the pandemic because a lot of the blues venues a if they're open at all have have shortened their hours so it's yeah. less less opportunities for people to earn a living. And I think we're doing a really piss poor job of it in the city. Honestly, right. uh, Rahm Emanuel talked about a music di- district area, and I don't know whatever you know who's talking about in Uptown. That that never really materialized, to my knowledge. But I, I think we could do better because I'm seeing all these musicians getting tons of work, and I'm seeing tons of tourists coming, both locals and tourists, flocking to Music City. We're home of the blues. Let's let's prove it. I mean, I, I I'd like to throw it out there. I don't know who's listening, who could make it happen, but. We need to do better and make this city a destination for music. It's really been losing its ground, its its footing, in my opinion. <laughs> for like for homegrown music, you well, think, yeah, yeah, or yeah. because for, for it, the, it seems, uh, I just as some because I am not involved in the music scene the way that you are, mm-hmm. but it does seem to me that we get like a lot of like the big acts come through. I mean, we've got Lollapalooza, we've got the festivals in the in the Absolutely. summer. We, 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 but you're, but are you talking about of, like I'm talking about you know a strip of clubs where people can go hear blues music and blues related music. Seven nights a week. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, there's Roses. It's still doing music uh, on the on the west side, near west side. They're doing a great job. Kingston Mines is only open three nights a week. It was really? open. It was open seven, seven days nights a week, a week yeah, for, yeah. for its whole history. And Blues, the bar across the street in a block south of the Kingston Mines, is closed permanently right now. So you know, we've 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 lost venues. And, you know, I see Nashville thriving. I see zillions of people and zillions of musicians. And I just think we can do better here in Chicago. Yeah. So that's kind of was my takeaway after yeah. spending a couple of days in Nashville. There we know? go. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, well, I mean, there's a part of me that Nashville, though, is like... It's music it's city. It's music city. But, but I will tell you, I was there in the late '80s for the very first time, and Broadway had Tootsie's and maybe Roberts. The place was it. a dive. The street, it was scary. It was halfway houses everywhere. Yeah. Uh, it was it was run down, and I see that it 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 became what it became. It was just in the last thirty years, you know, mm-hmm. as far as the as far as the number of venues. It was music city because so many musicians recorded recorded there. there yeah, and I the mean, well, and the Opry was there. Do we? In Chicago, are there, but there aren't any like big recording labels here, are there? Uh, they're they're small labels. They're smaller. There's, I know uh, they're smaller things. Yeah, there's small labels here, and there's stu- plenty of studios. You know? Right. But uh, and we have obviously, you know, we're the festival city. I mean, I don't think there's a city you know between Pitchfork and Lollapalooza, uh, Lollapalooza and uh, I can't even think of. I all mean, of them we've got right like now. EDM festivals. Well, the there's other like big one. Uh, um, uh, the other, um, I can't think of it right now. But anyway, we we have a lot of big festivals. Lollapalooza being the granddaddy of them all. We have blues fest. We have jazz fest. We we have yeah. Gospel Fest. We're Fest, 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 but there's a lot of other, you know, those fests are only a weekend long or maybe four days long right. at, the, at the most. I think our city is missing is missing an opportunity. And what we need right now is people to come downtown. We need, if the people aren't coming back to work, if, if the tourists aren't coming as like they used to because they're afraid for whatever reasons, let's give them a reason to get back here. Let's take open storefronts and subsidize or, you know, make it easier for business people. I just had an idea. What's that? They should put, uh, they should put a whole blues district by the Obama Library. Fantastic idea. Wouldn't that be great? It would be wonderful. Is that that's in Washington Park? Is that where it's uh, ended up going? It's in, I've driven by it on the way, on, on the taking the Skyway. I don't remember what part. It might be Washington I Park. I think it's Washington Park. 
I'm not sure, but I think, but or Jackson Park. It's Jackson Park. It's Jackson Park. It's Jackson yeah, yeah. Park. But I think South that might side. be like yeah. th- that would be a great idea. I mean, I think it's I, you know, look, we are filled with good ideas. Yes, we are. You know, and we can talk to um, when, when Lenny's on, like if elected. We need to bring this up. I know up. crime is on everybody's mind, but I think, you know, and of course that's important. But let's, what else can we do to, to put our city in the spotlight right now and, and, and bring people back and make people feel good about Chicago? You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. So, so that's what my, my takeaway from being There's in a big, uh, I, everybody, when you first started, like, they kept playing, like, you were talking about Nashville. First of all, there's a big rivalry between Memphis and Nashville. Yeah. Yeah, we call it. Like, they have Beale Street. Yeah, well, Memphis always calls Nashville. That's Nash Vegas. Yeah. Like, we don't we don't like them mm-hmm. from the yeah. Memphis people and everything. And, but what you were talking about, like, oh, yeah, and there were, everybody was playing Christmas music. I'm like, well, that's because in the South there are two seasons, summer and Christmas. Yeah, right. So, so yeah. So, uh, 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 yeah. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. I ate some great meals. Uh, I sat in and played with uh, my last night there. Did. I sat in with a band that I'd played with many years earlier that happened to be playing that night. And uh, yeah, you know, it's it's it was good to get out. And then we came home, and one of my family members had COVID, so we had to scramble to change Christmas uh, where it was located. But we yeah. got together and minus one. Uh, and then New Year's, we had a quiet New Year's with another couple. We rang it in uh, with some shrimp sambuca flambe. As you should. As I sh- we should. As you should. And a nice pear custard tart. What? And, uh, well, we got so many pears from Kathy's aunts and uncles oh, that we had Harry to come up David. with every... Yes. Oh, yes. yes. I've got... Uh, we, uh, we have the last of our Harry and David. We're just gonna, that, you know. We really did a good job. We made pear salads and pear tarts. So there you go. There you go. Yeah, so Delish. Good. How about you? What, what was Girl, your holiday? Tell us about was... your holidays. The holidays were the weirdest, kookiest holidays. I think it was the hardest one holiday ever. Um, A week before we were, uh, a week before hand on the 18th uh i get an email from my dumb dumb brother at like six o'clock in the morning which is four o'clock in the morning his time so i'm like what are, what's going on with you my friend like that you're sending out emails yeah, that early because i know you, something well not even important. that but he, he made a declaration that he was not going to be coming because uh because there were uh, conditions that were placed upon the visit um and that you know, he, it saddens him because he wasn't he 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 was treated unfairly at my mother's funeral, which was like he brought up all this weird stuff. What? Yeah, brought up this strange things because he wasn't vaccinated. Uh, you know, and at the time we That's were like, you, you reap what you sow. I know. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with mm-hmm. you. I'm with you. And, you know, we're just trying to figure everything out. So he brought up a lot of weird family history. And then he introduced that he's not coming because of conditions that were placed. And he quoted a Hallmark movie saying that family isn't one thing. It's everything. And and Merry Christmas to everybody. And I'm well, like, family is everything. He should do everything he can in his power to be indeed, part of the family. The, the condition was to take a COVID test just to see if you were positive or negative. We all did, and no yeah. one even had to stay. We just did it on our own. Yeah, yeah. And and he I was like, it was the dumbest thing on the planet. And he sent this out to this giant group email to the entire family, and it was very strange, and it was radio silence for a couple of days, except for the other part of the family who was talking about him And then <laughs> on the other side. Well, then, you know, I finally just... The reason why you wanted a COVID, she, my sister asked for a COVID test is because she's a priest. Right. She's got an old congregation, and our 
and our, it's Christmas and they and our great nephew, like our there was a baby, he's yeah. two, yeah. was there, and we just want to make sure that everybody was safe. And the friends of, that we were going to be hanging out with, some people are dealing with some very big diseases and stuff. So that was about it. So two days passed, no silence, and I just texted him to his response, like I'm not coming. So I went, okay. And that's it. I'm like, and if you want to talk about your hurt feelings, uh, you can give me a call, but I refuse to play this out over email. And then he immediately texted me. I'm like, I'm not texting you. You can call me if you want. And he did. And he was like, it was this weird sort of moment. It's like, it was attacking me. You're coming. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's not asking you to get a a vaccine. She's not asking you to wear a mask. She's just asking you to get a test. Simple test. A 15-minute test. test. There we are. Um, And he's let all these, like... Hurt. He, it was very strange, and I'm like, you know what? I know you. I can tell that you're hurt, but you never told us any of these feelings. And how are we supposed to know that it's how you feel because you never talked to us? So it was this big moment. Like we are not responsible for your happiness, at all. You are responsible. You can make choices that you are responsible for your happiness, which is kind of a big lesson that I had at the end of the year. I'm like, I am responsible for my own joy. I am responsible for my own happiness. You know, like that's if, right. There you go. So there are things. If you're not happy, you can change it. That's right. You can. That's for everybody out there. If you are not happy, you can change it. You can make a new choice. Just make a different choice. So and did that not end up coming. No, he was like, he tried to like do a mea culpa sort of thing, and I'm like, dude, my dude, I think it's best if you just sit this one out this year. So he never showed. So that was the pre-show of the thing. And then I decided to drive on the day of the blizzard. I know. Well, you had to work. Well, I, well, I had to work, but it was not even that. It was like, I should I, so on the 23rd, yeah. I checked the weather here in Chicago. It was There was no snow. The winds were great. I just checked the weather in Cedar Falls, where my sister lives. There was no snow. The winds were fine. It does not tell you the in-between parts. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay, Holy smokes. It was, uh, I, I drove well, through. in the middle of the plane. You know, it was the, the planes. It was like, it, it was a whiteout. I couldn't see. That is horrific. A four and a half hour I, drive turned into seven. <sighs> Scary. It was white knuckling. White knuckling. It was just me and the dog in the back seat. So I'm like, and the whole time, it kept, Jerry Maguire kept going through my head, you know, going like, did you know that dogs and bees can smell fear? And I'm like, this poor dog <laughs> is just like drenched in fear right now. It was unlike my check engine light came on. It was, it, it was horrifying. But by the, I got there safe and sound. And then we went and hurled hatchets. So I that was fun. I did see you yeah. throwing the hatchets. We were throwing hatchets. I'm great. Look, if little you. Little did you know. Little did you know, in the event of the zombie apocalypse, Gonna, you want me on want your you on, side. I want you on my I side. I was really, really stuff. good. Apparently, my limp-wristed throwing style is, uh, <laughs> works really well it with a hatchet. It's a real asset. It works. It's an <laughs> asset. There we are. So, yeah. So, it, that was great. But then everybody got sick. And ugh, it was just... And then I... It snowed again. And I was like... I'm, I pushed my trip back. So, I had to get up really early and drive back and then go right to work. It was just... Yeah. It was It was kooky pants. It was a kooky... But New Year's was lovely. We had uh, we were with a couple other we were some uh, two other couples. Um, we had amazing food and my my thing that I have to have on New Year's is caviar and potato chips. Oh yeah, I, I was I love that mm-hmm. salty so and we, salty, salty and salty, but just high low and it was just fun, a lot of crumb fresh. And then at midnight we went and blew things up. You know, we had sparklers and oh, some. We heard a little, lot. I stood on the front porch and I was loud out yeah, there. Yeah, our oh, we went over to our friend's house and their neighbors came over who we had met before but we hadn't spent much time and we little did we know that the neighbors had like an entire fireworks stash. 
Mm. And like the husband was there. He was like, can I go get some more? And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. So he would like run off and then, yeah, it was, so it was, a, it was a lovely it's night. Fun. It was a, yeah, it was a good time. It was a good New Year, good New Year's, but it felt like it was the hardest one Christmas ever. Um, well, yeah, you worked hard to get there. Worked hard to get there. Worked and hard to kind of get through it. A lot of stress beforehand. But yeah, it is, you know, as much as everybody loves all the warm, fuzzy feelings of the holidays, there is so much stress that goes along with it. A lot of. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, Beyond, I had to go to the DMV somewhere in there because my license expired. You know, I had to get everything to get that around the holidays. I know, there you are. Had a very lame birthday. Oh, and happy Thank you. birthday! Yeah, it was fine. Belated I mean, happy birthday! Belated happy birthday! It was fine. Yeah, the twenty eighth. Yeah, right in the middle. It's smat three days after Christmas, three days before New Year's. Everyone's out of town, broke, or they're waiting for New Year's Eve, and so like, mm. it, so I'm like, it has strengthened your character. It has strengthened my character. Yes, today, but Scott what I Duff. realized that like here's the, there's still the part of me like you know I like opening up presents. Yes, I like to open presents, and it stinks because my window of present opening. Happens in then three days That's of each it. other. And That's it. For a whole year, the whole year, nothing. don't get open presents. So if you want to send me a present, feel free to do or that. Or do it six months from the twenty eighth. You know. Yes. July twenty eighth. But even then, everybody's going to be on it. It's June. June twenty eighth. But everybody right. would be out of. They're all. Yeah. Everyone's. You know, they're on summer break, and it's Pride. Well, we pride your new birthday. All right, great. But from here on out, there's going to be pride on my birthday. I now expect presents at the Pride Parade broadcast. Why not? There's a lot of people there. There we are. Sounds great. Good Look, we, yeah, need we need to take a, need to take a, a break, quick break. We? Uh, we're just trying to remember. It's been th- two weeks since we've done this. So how do we do this? Yeah, we do that this uh, way. I think we know. Yeah, and there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But before we go, this part about Chicago is brought to you by Team Hochberg. Hey, if you are purchasing a new home, refinancing your existing home, securing a VA loan, or a reverse mortgage, you need to call Team Hochberg, your trusted local lender. Meet David, who posted this five-star Google review after working with Team Hochberg loan officer Mark Zenner. My wife and I make good money, but had no way to pay off our credit card debt, so I called Team Hochberg and worked with Mark Zenner. Mark helped us pay off forty-five grand in credit card debt, eliminated our stress, and saved us over $1,000 a month. You can read David's and almost 400 five-star reviews visiting Google and entering Team Hochberg in the browser. If you'd like to experience the same five-star customer service as David and thousands of other WCPT listeners, the next time you, a friend, or family members purchase a new or refinance your existing home, Call 855-56-DAVID or visit 56david.com. That's 855-563-2843 or visit their website, 56david.com. Lower.com, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS 1124061. We are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to get to your calls after this. So please stick around, hang on the line. Uh, And there's more Out Chicago right here on WCBT. Welcome back. I'm Paul Oakley Stovall. You're listening to Out Chicago on WCPT. And welcome back to Out Chicago. Scott Duff here along with Ellen Miller rolling along. Paul Oakley Stovall. He's now a permanent Chicago resident. Oh, he's he just bought a place. Yeah, he just bought a place. Was he in L.A. doing a show for a while? He he's he's, he's a wandering everywhere. soul. He was on tour with with Hamilton for yeah, a very long right, time. Yeah. I know. He just he he's just, back to Chicago. Yeah, back to Chicago. So yeah, it's very excited about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. It's look. I don't understand 2023 
it's been one week, literally one week today. Yeah, one week into the year. And the new year. What a giant poop parade we saw. Car accident this week. I could not take my eyes it off of. Was just I'm like, uh so of course we're talking about how uh Representative uh Kevin McCarthy is finally became Speaker of the House after fifteen votes. Um I, it, I, Did you stay I, up Friday night? No. I, I was. No. We were grilled. We had to hear it. We no, were I don't. I should say. Glued to the TV. No, I, I did not watch. I mean, but we also we gave up cable, so I listened to oh, the yeah. news. Yeah, no. Yeah. Now, I, mostly I don't want to see any of these people. Oh, I don't. you missed them almost fi- coming the to fist fight? Cut? Yeah, yeah, no. You know, I, I heard about that. Not, taking the one guy off by, you know, his, around the neck, putting his hand around his mouth. The explosives were. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I didn't realize it was that. He, that he put his hand on his hand and he <gasps> took him and moved. Another Republican grabbed another oh, Republican. Wow, yeah. I forget yeah. their names. Yeah, the, 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 yeah just, that'll be, it's going to be a fun two years, don't you think? It's going to be, um, it's like, I I was gobsmacked the entire time. I'm like, oh, oh, crap. These crazy people are are taking. Yeah, they asylum. The inmates are running the asylum. They for are sure. They for sure. Yeah, they Matt, are. Matt Gates. Could I? I could not dislike a person any more than I dislike him. What Unless about it's Marjorie Trump? Taylor Greene, Bobart, or Trump. Yeah. Uh, that 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 crew is just a real piece of. They're really pieces of work. I don't. Every single I, one of them. And they're holding the country hostage. And yeah. I, I'd like to know what their total constituency is. That the, you know, Matt Ga- Gates was elected. I think he, he did win hugely. His opponent got thirty six percent. I had looked him up to see how you know, he's from the Panhandle of Florida. I think he got like a hundred and eighty or ninety thousand votes, and his uh, his his uh, his opponent got sixty thousand. You know, he 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 beat him. He handily. beat him. Yeah, yeah. But you know, we're talking about maybe. Two hundred fifty thousand people that they represent that he yeah. that represent voted, and he wields this kind of power. Uh, it's 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 really a sad state of affairs. They learned everything they know from their their commandant uh, DT. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Uh, just resist and don't care about the people, don't care about the party, just care about yourselves and your own agendas. And it was fully on display. I felt this week. I felt like I was watching a Batman movie, like like with the Joker about like chaos. I love chaos. Chaos is like they, they really they are literally just. Agents of chaos. They want to disrupt things. They want to. The concessions that were thrown out are well, like we don't woo. even. Know. They say you know even the Republicans. I heard one of them this morning on uh, one of the news shows saying they don't even know exactly what the other than the one about one 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 vote can one person can bring up a vote to remove the speaker. They know about that one, but they don't know exactly what Gates was promised, what role he was promised. Well, it seems like they're they're going to get a majority of the seats on the rules committee, which determines whether which which legislation, legislation comes, comes to the floor, to even, yes. and yes. they can also screw up, you know, the debt ceiling and you know the budgets and all that. Like that's. I think they are going to eat themselves like they have been doing. Eat their own. I think that the American people are going to see. You know, we already. A whole bunch of us know how they are anyway, but I have to think that some of their own party are going to look at them with some well, disgust as time goes on if they can't get anything done. Because supposedly, you know, th- their party is draining the swamp of all the horrible things about our party. They are the swampiest thing I've ever seen. Oh yeah, it was you know? very insidery, very politics. It was it was weird, and it does not is not a good you know. 
harbor of things to come. He, McCarthy is not going to get anything done. No! He's going to have his hands full. He's going to need to rely on Democrats to get things done because he's going to have this constant, you know, uh, uh, op- opposition from, from the, uh, the the chaos group. It, it, and, you know, I don't know if you didn't stay up and listen, but we stayed up and listened. Hakeem Jeffries gave his speech as I apparently, you know, I never really watched so intently this, this whole ceremonious right. uh, extravaganza, but after they were voted on, they swore everybody in. And, and well, no, Hakeem Jeffries came up and he gave a speech that was pretty long and pretty fantastic. Oh, yeah, talking course. about all the people he represents, talking about minorities and gay people, and you know, fantastic. Kevin McCarthy, the milk toast, gets up and talks about, you know, he's going to have the power of the purse and the power of the subpoena. And I thought, the power of the subpoena, hmm, you were subpoenaed along with these other yahoos, and you didn't even respond to the subpoena. Yet you are up there talking about how you're going to have the power of the subpoena. You are nothing but a hypocritical piece of you-know-what. I, I do-do. I do-do. I will say do-do. They mm-hmm. are do-do, and they are going to do nothing, uh, in my opinion. They're going to. The problem is going to come when, these, when this, as you say, in the, I guess it's in September when we have to figure out the debt situation. Budgets and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it's going to be... Uh, they're not going to agree, and I think they're going to blow themselves up. And it's, But it's to the detriment of our, of our country, too. To the detriment of our country, that's the thing. But the, the, the really upsetting... One of the many things that are upsetting... Well, A, it's just the fact... And I know I'm trying to be... I'm trying to be nice and not talk about people that are weird. Florida is just—it's a weird place. Florida is strange. Florida is oh, an yeah. odd, odd place. You know, there's—it's the heat, it's the Gators, it's whatever it is. But, you know, but you know, there—it's very conservative, very, very conservative. People think like Miami is like this bastion of like ah ah. It's like no, 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 no. Miami is very, very, very conservative. Well, yeah, it's they a have conservative place to make sure that sadly that the. Uh, the, the Latina community, you know, a lot of the many Cuban people of Cuban descent that live there have become Republicans. They were always Republicans. And they've kept them the Republicans. As, as somebody who is really good friends with Cubans who comes from Miami, they've always been Republicans. Well, they haven't changed. You think that would change with the way they've handled, you know, immigration and whatnot. But, but they're worried about socialism. That's what it is. It's socialism and communism. And that's the thing that's button. going on. They know that and, and bring up anything about LGBTQ issues. And they are against it. For real, like that is that is the main thing. But going back to like Gates and you know the other people, Rick Scott is a f- senator from Florida. He's 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 under investigation right now. Yeah, you know th- th- what really hurt me the most, Scott, is these people that two years ago were trying to overturn a fair election. This chaos group. We're now calling the shots two yeah. years later. Oh, yeah. This is that's, what, that's, what is that's, wrong with our country? That is what I was trying to get to. You know, I've been trying to get to. It's because I'm just chatting. But uh, but the people that elected him, they really believe they are they are there for him. Like those, those, whatever, the rebels that they were calling them or whatever the heck they wanted to say that, that they were. Yeah. Um, they, uh, these people were backing him. They were like, yes, keep doing, stand up, don't let McCarthy win. Don't do, like, they're behind that. I'm just, and again, it's such a small part of the population that is yeah. holding, but I... Such a small part. I, I'm worried that that's going to spread like a cancer throughout the, the Republican Party. I mean, hopefully it won't, because there's people are still beholden to 45. They're still looking to him for, for the playbook. They're still looking to him for, for policies and for approval, you know? And until something happens to 45, 
Which you, you who think knows? There aren't enough things that have happened to him already. That... I know, but but there's been no real accountability. No. You, for example, like you said on January sixth, that was that was a the starkest contrast to watch this giant poop parade that is happening in the House of Representatives. On the other hand, you have President Biden at the White House, who's giving out the the civilian uh, Medal of Honors. To the Medals Capitol of Honor, police, families, to family to the people that fought that day to for people not, to that saved w- the Capitol, and to people who were, you know, uh, election voters. Uh, uh, what's her name? Ruby uh, Ruby Freeman, I believe, is her name in in Georgia, who whose life has been upended, and her daughters. They were just they've been attacked. They've had their uh, uh, their livelihoods threatened. They've had their lives threatened just by doing just their by job doing their fairly. jobs and by moving things forward because you know. And, to have the, here people who are trying to preserve democracy, and then you have, like you said, the same people who are responsible, the election deniers, the people who were texting out, who were tweeting out the location of Nancy Pelosi on yeah. that day. You have, you know, all of this stuff. They were the ones who are now, like, had the reins and, and halted, halted and everything. They, I was livid about it. I'm glad that when uh, several of the, of the 14 nominating speeches for Hakeem Jeffries referred to the fact that, you know, the Democratic Party was united, and you know we are here to to get things done as opposed to what happened two years ago when we had people trying to overturn a fair election. I mean, they kept they brought it up several times, and yeah, it's 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 mind boggling to me that these people that were in that position two years ago, as I said, were wielding all of this power and chaos again, yeah, and yeah. getting away with it. Yeah, and, and, and people keep talking about how the Democratic Party is in disarray and all of this stuff, but I think this week, four days and 15 votes to elect a speaker, I think it shows exactly like the infighting, the turmoil that's going on there and how ineffective it's going to be. It's going to be a nightmare. <laughs> it, it, yeah. It's just going to be a nightmare for the next two years. And I think some Republicans, uh, the, let's, the, you remember there were... There were like, you know, almost 200 Republicans that kept voting for McCarthy, okay? They also are in fear of what he promised those people. Oh, yeah. Because they're not exactly sure everything that was promised. Yeah, and, but we... You know, and they say the, the committees are, are they're voted on by the, the whole body, from what I understand. So... I, I don't know how it's going to But before come we get out, too but... righteous about those 200 people who were voting for Kevin McCarthy who were scared about these 10, these 200 people were also the people who did not impeach Donald Trump. And many of them and many... voted to not certify the election. election. Yeah. Including Kevin McCarthy. Yeah. So that's... That's what we're dealing with right Boy, our now. Phone lines are a little. I know bit they up, are. They are very lit up. You know, here's the deal. Phone people, hang on the line. We're the next segment is just going to be all you. We need to take a quick break, uh, and when we come back, we're going to get your your calls on the this the state of the house. Uh, whenever, right after this. So you're listening to Out Chicago right here on WCPT. Matthew Van Colden, you're listening to Out Chicago on WCPT 820. And welcome back to Out Chicago. Scott Duff here along with Ella Miller. We're talking about uh, the what? What? House the, of Cards. The House of Cards. No, the House of Representatives. No, it wasn't. It wasn't more. It was more like Veep. 
Not House of Cards. Yeah. If we're comparing to the house, to the to speaker. Just, no, I'm not talking about the TV show. Oh, I'm talking know. about the, what the proverbial house of cards. It is a proverbial, but yeah, but people are like comparing it. It's like House of Cards with all the politics. I'm oh, like, it's were. more like Veep with people who don't know what they're doing and they're yes, that's smack talking each other. For sure. That's basically what's going on. Uh, callers, thank you so much for hanging on. We're going to go to you, Jim, in Chicago. Uh, welcome, Jim. You're on Out Chicago. Hey, Jim. Hey. Uh, Hi, how are you? Good, uh, good morning or good brunch to the both of you. I was just this. this uh, you think you saw it all until you watched this debacle? I was amused until about Wednesday or Wednesday night or Thursday. Then it became a mercy killing at the end. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was almost like bringing your dog to the uh, vet. That you know, you know, he's 15 years old and he's had it. And there's nothing you can do about it. But that's what it reminded me of. But the thing that's amusing about this is they got this long-armed agenda of uh, indicting uh, Biden, indicting his son, indicting his dog, and everything else yeah. uh, for retribution about uh, a criminal president who was indicted. I mean, not indicted, but impeached at least twice and should be indicted. But we're going to have to suffer through this. I mean, talking about a happy new year. I haven't had a happy new year since Trump was elected. <laughs> That's the guy, I mean, as far as the news is concerned. You know? Yeah. I, I can't believe that we're in this position. But anyway, uh, we're in for just a nightmarish uh, two years. You said it. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a nightmarish two years. Anyway, you guys have a great week, and thank you very much. Jim, thank you for calling in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to be an absolute... Poopery. Do you think the majority of Americans or even the majority of Republicans care about Hunter Biden at this point? I know that there's the fringe and I know that Tucker, T- Mother Tucker, as you like to, yeah. is tied. But really, at this point in time, after all we've been through, do you think they really care about his laptop? I, I, I don't. I, well, no, they do, because these are like the talking points that they, they, they well, that small, keep getting the fringe, that small little the chunk. Fringe the fringe. But the fringe is still issue. 30% of the, you know, it's it's still 30% of, of the Republican Party. You know, there are people, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. This supposed to be like the people's house, the house where the, the business of the people takes is taken place. And... They're going to turn it into this the the uh, a house of grievance. It's going to be nothing but let's go after our political enemies. That's what it is. That's what we've turned into. That is what the House of Representatives has turned into. Yeah. And it's run by ding dongs. Those those ten people or whatever the hardcore never Kevin's that they were called. Like mm-hmm. they're they are not smart people. They're not. They're just obstinate. They're stubborn. They're obstinate, and they like and contrarians. Bobart won by several hundred votes. I heard five hundred or something. Yet she thinks she's like the gift of of, of of democracy to people, and she's a, a gift of she's 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 horrible. She's a dumb she, dumb with detestable. a GED. She's, she's not smart. She is no. <laughs> she is not smart at all. I know. When we promised not to talk about her, I mean, I don't want to talk about her. Oh my god! But like that's the frustrating thing. It's like these people like they don't. They don't know how government is run. They no. don't understand. They just they just understand how to again create like because they learned from their commandant who didn't know how government ran, still doesn't know how government runs. Just runs it the way he feels is going to suit him indeed. and his, his best interest. Indeed. Let's go back to the phones. Brian and Joliet, welcome. You're on out Chicago. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. It's an interesting start. Yes, indeed. And uh, did you, uh, did either of you ever get to see uh, 
the story of fascism in Europe hosted by Rick Steves. It was a PBS documentary. No, but I kind of feel like we're watching it play out right now. Yeah, yeah I've seen think it so either. too. Yeah. And uh, last night, I don't know if either of you caught it on CNN, uh, they had a really excellent uh, a documentary, as you know, the two year anniversary of uh, uh, January 6th. Uh, well, actually, it was last night, but uh, uh, it was all about that, how these fascists tried to overthrow the government through violent means. And uh, and now, uh, uh, in my view of it, uh, they're trying to do it through constitutional means. Uh, and uh, I'm very concerned. Uh, we have uh, uh, people like uh, Gates, uh, uh, I believe he still has some uh, uh, sex trafficking uh, charges uh, awaiting him. Yes, I'm he, not sure. he, yes, it's still pending, I believe, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, Green and others like that. And Trump hasn't been charged with uh, anything yet, which is very frightening to me. So uh, in my view... Uh, many, many causes, I think, uh, are needed, including the survival of democracy. I think uh, 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 progressives and, uh, and just people who want to uh, maintain uh, progressive causes and the survival of democracy, I think we need to start thinking about 1960-style massive peaceful marches. Uh, yeah, I Brian, well, I feel like, Brian, I, I thank you so much for calling in. I totally I, I thank you. I appreciate your, your views. Uh, but we have been doing these peaceful marches. We have been doing that. Uh, I think what really needs to happen right now is DOJ needs to get off its butt and go after those the recommendations of the January 6th committee. That's what needs to happen. I think once once people start being held accountable for the insurrection, for their role in the insurrection, for whatever they've done, for the, the, the atrocities that they inflicted on this country and on this capital, th- that is the only time that things are going to start to change. And until DOJ, until Merrick Garland gets off his butt, until, was it Jack Clark, is that his name, the, the special investigator? Mm-hmm. Until he really starts, they start putting down indictments, That is that is going to be when things Shift. Well, they, they are. I think they're really trying to get their ducks in order. You know, uh, Mr. Clark's working on it, I'm sure. I, oh, yeah. I, no, know, no, no, no. I'm, I'm with I, you with that. But there are people. I'm so, I hate to, I'm sorry to interrupt you. But there yeah. are like you can tell the January 6th committee because there are several people. The Republicans lost their seats. You know, you yeah. lost Kinzinger and uh, Cheney. They lost their seats. Yeah. The other like how many other Democrats lost their seats because of their role in the January 6th committee. Now they're able to speak a little bit more freely. And all of them are being very frustrated with. With the, with the pace mm-hmm. that the DOJ is taking with this particular issue. And I think, and I, I understand, let, you know, we were all very, very patient, you know, throughout the the uh, Mueller mm-hmm. investigation. You know, I was there like, let's get it all. Let's, let's make sure we have everything. You know, we're patient. But I think the American people were running out of patience right now. I think we need, they just need to move this forward. There was this incredible amount of evidence that was laid out by the January 6th committee. Here, yeah. take it, Jack, I know. and run with it. And and I, but I and I I truly believe that until there is accountability for the actions of that administration and of those uh individuals that are now feeling very confident oh, yeah. with the way that with their tenacity mm-hmm. and stubbornness you know until accountability comes for them nothing is going to change 
nothing is going to change. Sadly, I believe you're, you're, you're right. I'm sorry and, to And, and going off. back to Brian yeah. real quick, you know, he's talking about fascism. I, I truly believe this group of Republicans that we have here to, today, if, if this was the 40s and we were vo- voting to, to support an effort to, to, to tear down Hitler and, and Mussolini, get rid of fascism in Europe, they would probably have voted against it. Well, uh, I don't I mean, trust them. I don't, I don't, trust, I don't trust them. them. I don't, that's a that's a big I, what if. And I, 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 but I really think that they're selfish, and that they're, uh, you know, they want to they want to cut you know uh, aid to to Ukraine. Yeah, uh, a, a lot of them do, and and you know if you can't stop Putin, I don't know what you care about as far as the world is concerned, and 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 trying to stop fascism, and yeah. and, and I don't, I, I, I just have no faith. You in know, him. I played Trivial Pursuit on New Year's Day, and George W. Bush uh, referred to Putin as Pootie Poot. There we are. Just, <laughs> I just did not know that. There we are. Things did that you learn that. on New Year's Day. Let's go back to. Uh, let's talk to uh, Paul in Seattle. Paul, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. What's on your mind? Yeah, I was. Uh, when Ellen was talking about uh, Matt Gett, and uh, this what struck me is that you were talking about the numbers. This is how what a marginalized minority a Matt Gaetz voter is. Yeah. Is that, okay, so he had 195,000 votes, did you say, Ellen? And then the opponent had like 65,000? So, so, well, 60 some thousand, maybe, yeah. Okay, that's whatever. But this, here's the point uh, a federal district. Congressional district is now, I think, about eight hundred thousand people. So, if they got a total of two hundred and what sixty thousand people, right. voted, they don't even vote. Yeah, they don't even vote. And the reason they don't vote is because they don't have to because of the gerrymandering in places like Florida. I'll tell you, they have their razor thin majority in the House. The Republicans do entirely because of gerrymandering. Yep. Millions and millions yep. more people again this time around voted for Democrats in the House of Representatives than Republicans. And so when you think about a legislative district, a uh, U.S. congressional district of 800,000 people, that's why someplace like Wyoming only has one representative. That Wyoming only has 600,000 people. They don't even have a full district. But if a full district like in uh, the Florida panhandle, come on, you got to consider the source, right? Right. Um, it, the, Matt Getz didn't even get the votes of a quarter. Not even, he didn't even get 200,000. That's not even a quarter of a full legislative district because the people down there don't go. So 200,000 nobodies are, get a Matt Getz voice of anti-LGBTQ and mm-hmm. all of the crap and book burning and all the stuff they want to bring forward. But I'll tell you what I noticed when I was teaching. Was when you have class clowns and, you know, a house of clowns, is that Sometimes I would just say, okay, smart guy, why don't you run the class for a while? I'll go sit in your seat, and you run the class. And you know what happened in very short order? Uh, they'd get a few more laughs, and then even the kids who were laughing would say, sit down, yep. sit down, boo, boo. Well, hopefully, uh, uh, Paul. Hopefully, his his his, his reign of terror will be, uh, you know, they'll, they'll be able to, you know, just boo him off the stage. But I don't I don't know if it's going to be that simple because, yeah, he he doesn't really know what he's talking about. But the people apparently who voted for him don't really think about what they're talking about either. So, Paul, thank you so much for giving thank us you, a call. Uh, we got a lot of calls to get to. Let's go to Mary in Elk Grove. Mary, welcome. You're on out Chicago. Hi guys. Hello. Hi Thanks for calling. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy happy everything. Yeah. Mm. Well, so, sorta. Sorta. <laughs> yes. I'm um, first time caller to your show. 
longtime listener. I love you guys on Sunday. Oh, thank, thank you. you. I really do. Um, you know, and I, I heard towards the end of the week there were some some people were saying like, "Oh, this is terrible. This is terrible for the country." You know, they're supposed to be doing. They're supposed to be running the country. They're supposed to be doing this. They're supposed to be doing that. I was like, no. Absolutely not. Grab your popcorn and watch them crash and burn. This is delicious. Let's watch this. This is great. Yeah. And I wish this had gone on for, what was it, two months? I wish it had gone on for for two months. Because I'm going to tell you, and everyone's like, well, they're not doing the people's work. They're not going to do the people's work. Yep. No. Yeah. Get ready for the Fauci investigation. Which that, whoa, yeah. When they brought that up, oh, yeah, who was it that brought up? I'm like, wait, oh, yeah. what? They want to find out about COVID. I know, yeah, they you, do. They want to find out about COVID, and they want to go after, they want to impe- they're going to impeachment of Biden. That's yeah. how it started. And I am looking forward to this, this infamous picture of Hunter Biden's penis. I want to see what the big deal is. Okay? Well, there, well, no, mm-hmm. there we are. We'll, we'll be the judge of how big of the deal that is. There we go, Mary. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Oh, All right, people family show. Saying, people are saying, Scott. Okay, well, I, okay, well, there we, yes, okay, okay well, there we go. Anti-everything. <laughs> it so, is. Anti, they, anti-education, book bans, get ready for those. Yep, that was already happened. LGBT, there's going to be a national ban. Watch, watch them try that. LGBTQ, they're going to go, we're not going to be allowed to say gay or anything, anything anymore. Anti-science, watch for these anti-vaccination people and watch for the cases of just normal, regular vaccines that we have given to all of our children for, I don't know, I mean. Yeah, decades. Yeah. Decades. Yeah. Me- get ready for measles. Get ready for all of these. Watch for polio to come back. Um, I don't even know if they're vaccinated. Anti-voter rights. Yep. Okay, they're going to make it more difficult. Yep. And if we want to do something, what we want, you know, instead of these marches, these peaceful marches, we need to start doing a grassroots uh, organization and get rid of this gerrymandering because yep. there are more of us. You're they right. did it in Michigan. That's how they took back Michigan. Yeah. We have to do that. Yes, yep. we do. We do. And, and Mary, I'm sorry, I hate to cut you off because we are running short on time and I got a couple more calls that I want to try to get to. But you're absolutely but right. Yes, Mary. The, we, we agree. Uh, the GOP is definitely like we know what they uh, are are against. We have no idea what they are for. It's always. Except it feels kind of like the handmaid's tale. That's what they are for. Um, and you are absolutely correct. Uh, we need to start organizing yes. on grassroots uh, the way that the, they have they, been infiltrating yes, education. From their boards, book, for because sure. they have, they have been doing the work there. Mary, thank you thank so much you, Mary, for calling for and calling and listening. And thank you for listening. You. We really appreciate that. There we go. Let's uh, one quick final call. Let's go to Roosevelt. Uh, Roosevelt, hey, welcome to Out Chicago. You've got about forty seconds. <laughs> that, that's enough. Great. Uh, only Brian Fitzpatrick from the GOP showed up at the Capitol steps to <clears throat> recognize what happened two years ago. Pelosi was right in front row, front row, okay, at the Capitol set. And to the GOP, selfish, very selfish. They, they were more they were more important with all that stuff. They couldn't take them one minute to recognize that those people, those officers, saved their life, their yep. skin. And not one minute they dedicated. They didn't even mention it. Nope. So nope. tell me. Tell me they're not selfish. One they're Republican showed up for the ceremony, I yeah. understand. One Brian, Republican. Brian Fitzpatrick, yes. He was the only one. 
But uh, shame on them. And then uh, Officer Fatone, I don't know if you noticed, on Thursday mentioned that he wanted them to condemn, to be specific, the GOP to condemn the violence that happened. They wouldn't. Yep. And, of course, they wouldn't. Hey, uh, Roosevelt, you, Roosevelt, that music means we got to go on a break. Thank you so much for giving us a call, and thank you for listening. We've got to take a quick break, and when we come back, it is the second hour about Chicago right here on WCPT. I'd like to welcome you to WCPT AM's Out Chicago. Think of us as Sunday brunch with your gay best friends. Now, please welcome your host, Scott Duff. And welcome back to the second hour of Out Chicago. Scott Duff here, and along with Ellen Miller, mm-hmm. we're rolling along into our 10th year. What? Wow. New year, new you. Time flies, Scott. It's time flies. There we are. New year, new you. I went to a Bulls game. I know you did. Voluntarily. I'm quizzing Scott in the break if he knew any players' Yeah, names. no, none. None whatsoever. That, that's asking a lot, Devin. Yeah, Come yeah, on. yeah. I know. I can there we barely are. No, I'm going to be on the sports cubicle now. I'm going to be, I'm taking Devin's job. I'm going to I'm going to be on the sports cubicle, and I'm going going to do exclusively halftime commentary um, and on talk. the dancing and the yeah, choreography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, of, the da- of the dancers mm-hmm. uh, and of, of the um, uh, of the costumes of the players. I think that's something that could add some they real. Were, I, actually, I can't even tell you what color the uniforms were. <laughs> oh, boy. It's yeah. a 50-50 shot. I God. know. I think it was red. No, they only were wearing black. They were red. Well, I don't know what one they have on. They have usually their their colors are, are red and black and black and white. Right, right. right. The home team know. usually wear white though. Uh, yeah, the oh, you don't know that. White. No, because Good they guy. played they played the Ute, the, the birthplace of jazz, Utah. Oh yeah, they the played Utah Jazz. Utah Jazz. They played that, and me. they were that is a, and they wore um they would they had they had white blouses on. I think they needed to change the name when they when they uh, when they came moved from New Orleans. From yeah, because yeah. Utah. I mean, it should be like Utah, the Utah Magic Underwear. You know, I think that's what they should call Maybe it. Maybe take a letter out of jazz. Maybe it would work, but I won't say that on the air. As <laughs> something, something like oh. something bad. There we go. <laughs> yeah, New Year, New Year, yeah, New Year, New Me. Went to a bull. It was Pride Night. At the United Center. And how did that manifest uh, at the game? Was there like people? The whole thing, like it was a big, like they were giving out, uh, it was uh, the Bulls along with BMO Harris, who I'm going to have to say, BMO has always been been a huge supporter of the LGBTQ community. They're great. There was like, you know, they had, uh, 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 well, there was a whole kerfuffle of me getting it. Yeah, they gave out like hats, but I got there late and then my ticket, I, I can't do technology. Like I was looking at the thing, I watched my tickets disappear in front of me and I couldn't find them again on my phone. And it, Long story. So I got in there late. Uh, but there was that. There was a beautiful half, halftime show that actually my my first boyfriend from Northwestern Aww. choreographed. So it was a little mini Northwestern University NU sort of like reunion mm-hmm. happening. And we were just kind of basically like, oh, that was a time I came out as bisexual. And this it was just us kind of gabbing. And they were doing players. And they had a big halftime show. Uh, like three one two crew, uh, there was a the uh, a big uh, 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 sports. There's a basketball team that's exclusively. It's a queer basketball uh-huh. team focusing on uh, BIPOC folks and uh, and trans players. It was yeah. So like the halftime show was existed. great. There that's was a big cool. drag queen performance. Uh, one of the babies from About Face Youth Theater, who is now like a queen of the nightlife, and Angelica Grace, she uh, was in there and as how well. Was, how was it received by the crowd? Were they it was. They were like, oh, well, mm. I told them. Then they cut away to the Jumbotron, and there were just people who were like, hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Anyway, oh, but you know, oh, but I think it was good. And yeah. and, and Jonathan, uh, thank you it. for 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 inviting me. We were in the box. It was great and it was weird and fun. Um, yeah. Speaking of great and weird and fun, we got a great and weird and fun kind of uh, uh, rest of the show lined yes, up for you. Did. A little bit later on this hour, uh, we are going to be speaking with uh, some folks who are behind a new documentary about the dangerous practice of conversion therapy called conversion. Uh, we're going to speak to uh, our good friend, uh, who Shimmy Braun, who serves as executive producer mm-hmm. for the film, and Dustin Rayburn, who folks who are a fan of RuPaul's Drag Race might know uh, him better as Dusty Ray Bottoms, who is one of the subjects of the film uh, about conversion therapy. We're going to speak with them later on in the show. And right now, uh, I'm super duper excited. Well, you know, look, we all thought... Election season are behind us, but mm. no, we're in Chicago. No. We do things differently. <laughs> we, are, we are ramping up for local elections that are coming up on February 28th. All 50 seats of the city council are open. Uh, and joining us now uh, is, uh, is one of the candidates for the 48th Ward Alderperson and a good, good friend of the show, Lenny Mana Hoppenworth. Lenny, welcome to the show and Happy New Year. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Ellen. I want to say happy birthday. Oh, happy. Uh- Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Ten years. We're, we're uh, beginning our tenth year. Beginning our tenth. Beginning year our tenth year. It's crazy, show. just crazy. And I'm going to say happy everything to you, uh, Lenny Minahopenberth. You are are kind of one of my personal heroes. I feel like we have been able to uh, accompany you on your political journey. Um, Starting with your work with Indivisible Illinois, can you can you tell folks uh, a little bit about how, like, why run for alderperson, and what led you up, like, what led you into this decision? Well, firstly, thank you for always being such a great partner along the way. I feel like the last time I was on the show was. A million years ago. I know it feels like it. Yeah. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, in election <laughs> years, yeah, election months. It, 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 but the whole thing is for me is that what I realized in, in 2016 is that maybe I got to where I am in 2016 because I was thinking of election as isolated things. Yeah. But the thing about it is that we have to stay engaged even between elections. It's really the transition time that is most important and I think about that I think about transitions a lot these days um, as as maybe the most important parts of anything that's happening and so yeah so I have always been a champion for fairness I'm a middle child so fairness is very important there you go (laughs) a Libra so when things get off kilter it really bothers me <laughs> so but I'm a small business owner I, I've lived in this ward for 24 years and I have a little shop called Chicago Dance Supply and in 2016 after that election a lot of my friends were like what's happening my kids looked at me what's happening I, I remember that day and thinking I do not want to continue to sit on this couch and watch my TV turn from blue to red. This is this is not where I want to be. And so I became the di- director of the Women's March to Washington, D.C. from Illinois. And I brought a lot of my neighbors with me on buses there and back. A lot of them actually came from 
the Edgewater, Andersonville, and Uptown area, and we we got on buses in front of Women and Children First and Loyola and at the political office, and we came back and we wanted to do something more because we said, you know, abortion rights are under attack. What do we do? Fight back. And then we come home and what what's there to do? Well, I created three groups. Two of them are statewide groups, Indivisible Illinois. The other one is IL Vote. And the uh, local one is Indivisible, IL-9, Andersonville, Edgewater. And all of those three groups, we worked on things that were so important to everybody in the 48th Ward and the nation, which is the cornerstone of democracy, which is registering to vote and then getting out to vote. So civic engagement starts there. But then I wanted to do more. And so we looked to, for instance, Carol Ronan, who is my committee person. And I said, what can I do more? And I became an election coordinator at the Swedish Museum in 2018. And I worked with Jan Schakowsky to fight back when they wanted to repeal the ACA. And I worked with Heather Staines when we wanted to pass the ERA in Illinois. And by the way, my, my marriage, right, I'm a queer woman of color married to a white guy, and I'm glad now to know that my marriage is federally protected with yeah. the respect for marriage, right? Yeah. You know, so all things are really important. And so we just, we want to expand what we're talking about right here, like whose rights are under attack? All of ours. If it's not yours today, it's going to be tomorrow. When we're talking about abortion, it's more than that. It's a bodily, it's bodily autonomy. And that is really inclusivity right now at the statewide level. People want to strike a language to remove trans people from being protected. Why do they want to do in in Andersonville, I work with great groups like Chicago Therapy Collective and also my state rep, um, Kelly Cassidy, is really great on all of this stuff. I worked with the Edgewater Historical Society. I mean, we know that we are a very progressive ward, and so we want to continue on that way. The Andersonville Chamber of Commerce has been great in including me, and um, I'm the co-chair of the DEI committee, but... DEI committee, I know they have been popping up all over the nation because of the uprising of after George Floyd was murdered, but it's not a checkbox for me, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Ellen, it, it's got to be more than that. It's got to be who's, who's living the experiences and can we lift them up to places where they have actual power at tables to make decisions that affect not only them and and make sure that they're safe, but protect everybody. Because we know that if we center the people who have been marginalized over and over and over again, whether it's we're talking about, you know, police accountability or housing or health care or climate action across the city. We know Chicago is one of the most segregated cities in the world. <laughs> we, we can do so much more starting in Andersonville. And again, you know, I remember those first days in 2016 and thinking, I feel so alone. But this is not true. This is not the case. We see it. I'm a, I'm a member of the Edgewater Historical Society. This ward is active. We know what we need to do to get things done, and it starts at the grassroots level. I was just at a fantastic forum that was sponsored by the Southeast Asian Center, the Asian American Illinois Chamber of Commerce, and many different groups, Edgewater Village, um, yesterday, and we all talked about what does it mean to build community, and it means including everybody, all of us. Um, and and it, it means, like, for instance, I look at the Argyle Night Markets, 
that have happened, which was actually initiative uh, as a public safety issue. But what did it do? It brought everybody together, including small businesses, chambers of commerce, people from outside of the ward to come into the ward to enjoy the amazing music. We danced. I didn't know this person, but I had a fantastic time. Mm. It was a great summer. And that's the kind of spirit that this ward has over and over and over again. We could do it if we just need, we just need to come together. And we know that there are things that are in place right now that are stopping us. And that includes bureaucracy. That includes, you know, processes of bureaucracy. But there are also things in place in processes that keep us safe, workers and employers and residents. So we need everybody to work together and we need somebody in office in Alder as an Alder woman. And by the way, did you know that Edgewater, Andersonville, up the uptown area in the 48th Ward sent one of the first women to city council in 1971? Did you know that? No, but that's amazing. I know, and they didn't even have bathrooms for women in the day. They had to build them. That's so this bananas. Board, I know. This board has been led by by women, and in and it's we're overdue for more a, a representation. Look, when our when our government, it doesn't matter, like local, state, federal. When our government is a reflected as a representation of the community that that really matters. And so I am a representation of the community that is diverse, a queer woman of color, mother, um, business owner, member of a chamber, a community organizer, and a champion for people who have been sitting on the margins for far too long. We know that if they are the ones that are centered, whether you're talking about infrastructure, you know, who gets to use the sidewalks and the roads, or you're talking about health care or mental health support, who really needs it the most right now, and also housing, who needs the who needs to be talked about right now? It's the folks that are in the in the tent cities. These are these are people that have they work got an Ellen, but they can't get into shelters. Mm-hmm. to have a locked room at night so that they could sleep or wash themselves but they but to go to work. They need to have the housing first and then the wraparound services that are needed to get them stable. I know everybody is suffering right now. I'm suffering right now. It feels still like pandemic time in this kind of like pseudo post-pandemic world. We can't go back. That's the thing. And I know that the 48th Ward is a progressive ward. We want to keep moving forward. We need these ideas to come forward. And I'm I'm the person that wants to do it, have passion and the leadership skills to do it. So I'm just really glad to be here. And thank you for, for letting me go on about this. But I think it's important to just say that it's it's because of WCPT and Out Chicago and you and Ellen that have have weathered through the years to continue to build community in ways that you have the platforms that you have. That is how, that is how we're going to come together. That is how we're going to survive and not only survive, we need to thrive and we can do it. 
That is the spirit of Chicago. Oh, thank, yep. thank you for your kind know, words. Well. And you've done you've done uh, a lot yourself. You're you're so accomplished. And uh, I, I my both of us really admire you for your work you've done with Indivisible uh, of Illinois and, and and locally in Andersonville. You know, you guys get people to knock on doors all over the Midwest, and and I, I I'm in awe of of the work that you've done, and uh, just you know I want to return the compliment. To yeah, you. I know flattery flattery will get you everywhere, but uh, <laughs> so but 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 most important, one of the things that you know one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on our very first show mm-hmm. of the year uh, is because because you are an example of somebody who saw a problem. And knew that you could fix it, or you could be a part of the solution, and that to me is is somebody. This is like this is the spirit of Chicago. Yep. This is the spirit of democracy. This is the spirit of like of a community where you're like, no, I. This is where I live, and I raise my family, and I run my business, and this is where I have fellowship with people, and I I want to do something about it, and that to me is just one of the most like admirable mm-hmm. qualities um, within any sort of political candidate because you are entering into this with the spirit of like how can we work this together and like you said how can we build community um, unfortunately we are we are out of time right now but uh, you know how can I know you've got some, do you have some events that are coming up that people within the 48th ward might be able to you know get together and find out a little bit more about the incredible human being that is Lenny Mana Hoppenworth Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Ellen. I want to first say February 28th is election. And right now, anyone can apply for a vote by mail ballot. It's fantastic. You can get your ballot delivered to you at home and you can fill out your ballot and drop it off or mail it. But immediately in next week, on Saturday, the 14th, January 14th, at the Broadway Armory, in the 48th Ward is a forum that's going to be sponsored by the three chambers of commerce, Andersonville, Edgewater, and Uptown from 1 to 3 o'clock. That's Saturday, January 14th from 1 to 3 o'clock at the Broadway Armory. And this forum has been informed by the many block clubs that make up the 48th Ward. As you know, like each block club is like a village in themselves. So I'm excited to be there. I hope that you can go to or help me promote January 14th from 1 to 3 o'clock at the Broadway Armory. Fantastic. Well, I will certainly try to be there, although I am in the 40th Ward just eked out of where you are uh but uh, again you know lenny you you really are you you are a role model for so many people um you are you are just humble you dive in with passion for you know yes, for, for moving things forward idea. um i love the you as i am andersonville adjacent mm-hmm. so i'm very well of like your your efforts with anti-racist andersonville with indivisible illinois with all of the work that you've been doing within the community and i think that you would be an incredible asset to uh, to our city, even more so than you are already. So if you want to find out more information about uh, Lenny Mana Hoppenworth, who is a candidate for the Alderwoman of the 48th Ward, go to Lenny, L-E-N-I, for 48th.com. Lenny Mana Hoppenworth, Best of luck to you, luck to you uh, over the next couple of weeks. You know, you know I'm rooting for you. You're fighting the good fight, and we appreciate that.
Thank you so much, Scott and Ellen, and and happy birthday again. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. We're very excited. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Again, Lenny Manah Hoppenworth. You can find out more information at LennyFor48th.com. We've got to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking with folks behind a new documentary about the dangers of conversion therapy. Uh, so stick around. You are listening to Out Chicago right here on WCPT. I'm Amanda Civitello with Creating Iris. Welcome back to Out Chicago on WCPT. And welcome back to Out Chicago. Scott Duff here along with Ellen Miller as we roll along. The beginning first show for 10th year. I'm yes. very, very excited about that. Uh, I'm also excited about our next guest. Um, look, th- there's a new documentary out. It's called Conversion. Uh, filmmaker Zach Miners, he follows the personal journeys of five survivors of the secretive and often deadly practice of conversion therapy. Um, the film will have its Chicago premiere on uh, January 12th at the Landmark Century Theater. Joining us now is executive producer Shimmy Prawn and one of the subjects of the film, uh, Dustin Rayburn, better known to RuPaul Drag Race fans as uh, Dusty Ray Bottoms. And just for context, we're going to be addressing Dustin as Dusty because she's in between shows right now because she is a professional, damn it. So Shimmy, Dusty, (laughs) welcome to the show. Welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having us. Oh, first of all, thank you for this film. I said at the beginning of the show, and I emailed both of you as soon as soon as the credits started to roll. I've we've been doing I've been doing this for like nine years now, uh, and I have seen many many films about the subject of conversion therapy, and I have never seen a film that is so personal, so effective. Uh, and and just flat out so important as conversion. So congratulations to both of you, uh, and thank you. Oh, thank you. But they, it it really is. It is an extraordinary. Uh, it's extraordinary what you all have achieved. Uh, and Dusty, especially with your bravery to come forward and to share your story so openly. Um, it was it was really powerful. How how did you get involved with the film? Uh, well, actually, uh, it wasn't until I shared my story on RuPaul's Drag Race about coming out and my experiences with conversion therapy that uh, myself uh, I had never met anyone else who had gone through conversion therapy. Every time that I would talk to someone about my experiences, they would give me an awkward smile and kind of shake their head in agreement because they couldn't understand uh, what I went through because they didn't go through it themselves. So it wasn't until I shared my story on a national platform that people started reaching out to me saying, me too. I know someone who's gone through conversion therapy. I'm a survivor. I have a friend who didn't make it. Uh, Anything you can think of. That was the first time I heard of it. And around that time is when Zach Miners, our filmmaker reached out to me and um, he said that he was actually from my hometown in Louisville, Kentucky. And he's a filmmaker who went through conversion therapy and uh, wanted to make this uh, a five minute PSA on conversion therapy so we could help uh, uh, ban it in Kentucky. And so I met with him and it was one of the best conversations I've ever had about my experience because I was talking to another survivor who understood what I, who understood what I went through. And I knew that, um, 
sharing my story with him and working with Zach Miners, I knew that my story wouldn't be uh, manipulated or bent in any way, that I could have my truth with it. And I thought that was important, and I really wanted to share. Yeah, and, well, first of all, yes, and share you did. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh, okay, I'm going I'm to get the... I'm gonna get this out of the way. I'm a huge Drag Race fan. I can't believe it. Oh my god! Ah, there we go. Okay, I love it. And like when you're like, oh, when I mentioned it on when I mentioned it on RuPaul's Drag Race, I'm like, you mean season ten, episode three? Yes. Okay, I remember that one. Yeah. So I'm gonna be done with that now. Yeah. But the 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 thank you the uh but the 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 candor and the care with which. All of the participants, and I'm assuming that was led by Zach Miners, who is the filmmaker, but he's also a subject of the film himself. Um, Absolutely. Did the, that's one thing that I think is so special about this film. Yeah. As you said, we've seen, so there are many uh, documentaries about conversion therapy, but I really do believe that this is the only documentary that is survivor-led. It tells all the survivor stories. It's not by the people who are running it. And we really get our voices out there. We get to tell our truths and our stories. And I think that's very important compared to the others. Dusty, one of the uh, common threads among all of the survivors that were interviewed was their... Uh, they're de- they were deeply religious. And my question to you now is, what is your relationship with religion today? Uh, you know, I uh, in the documentary, I talk about uh, I was at my lowest low, my breaking point. I was so desperate and broken that I would have tried anything to win the acceptance of my family and my peers and, and to become straight. And so... Um, I cried out to the universe and I asked for a change to happen. And literally the next morning, the conversations were had and yeah. my whole life was changed. And so I, I as of today, I don't believe in, in uh, American Jesus. I don't believe in American Christianity, but I do believe that there is a higher power. And I believe the things that you put out there are heard and come back to you full circle. So um, that is not now my new religion, but I don't find myself as a religious person, Bible-thumping, and Jesus-believer. Yeah. It's completely there understandable. Totally and, I, get it. and I can relate, Dusty. Totally Let's, get it. Just tell yeah. you that. And yeah. you know what's always so funny? As somebody who is right. a Christian over here, uh, you know, I always get so saddened by people's experience with the church. But uh, that's another—we'll talk about that another time, Dusty. But what, one thing that was, that was so wonderful— and I think so unique about this, I think you hit, you hit the nail right on the head, that this film was told from the perspective of the survivors, but every, almost every single one, but you, you included, there was a moment where you were like, my parents were just doing what they thought was best. And there was, there was a sense of forgiveness, a sense of grace, towards these people, towards your family, who put you through, like, just uh, unimaginable uh, horrors and torture. Like, you literally went through an exorcism, you know, like yeah. that. But the but the perspective from everybody in all of the, the, the subjects of the film, all five of you, there was a moment of, like, of, of, of grace, of, of being like, they... They didn't know to to some extent. Yeah, you know, I really think this just comes from the realization of 
you know, if my if my mom and dad were born on a deserted island and never heard about religion, and they had a son who happened to be gay, they may not have had a problem with it. Yeah, right. But my mom, my parents. My parents had to be taught these things, yep. and they were taught these things through religion and through the church, and I believe they were horribly misled. Yep. And so that's why I try to show as much grace and compassion to my family for these circumstances, because they, they didn't put the, me through them themselves. They didn't do these actions. Uh, they thought they were doing the best. They were doing the best they could under the circumstances. And has your relationship evolved since we saw your, you with them in the movie and talked about you know spending holidays with your chosen family? Yeah, uh, actually, this was uh, this this Christmas was one of the very first Christmas that we all, as a family, uh, got to share a day together, and so that was very nice. Oh, uh, wonderful! That's nice you know, to hear. Yeah, you know, all relationships require a lot of work, and this is just a tough one that requires a lot of work. But yeah. there's a lot of love there, so it's worth working on. That's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you are just joining us, we are speaking with uh, executive producer Shimmy Braun and Dusty Ray Bottoms, who is uh, a subject of the new documentary called Conversion. It follows the personal journeys of five survivors of uh, conversion therapy. Uh, Shimmy, how did you come on board with this project? Hey guys, first of all, congrats on the start of uh, your anniversary over here, the start of your 10th year. Oh, well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you, because you've been with us from the beginning. From the very beginning. Is, and we appreciate you too, Shimmy. Congratulations yes. to you, because we could have done it without you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I, when I lived in New York for a few years after coming out, my uh, ex-boyfriend at the time was doing drag, and I actually got to see Dusty perform a ton before drag race fame and she was one of the best performers the most intriguing folks that i had ever met and i had met her husband mark and i saw over the num last number of years that she since being on drag race and sharing what she shared that she was she would support various um organizations that were trying to ban conversion therapy and i had you know, stood behind her, reached out, because I myself am a survivor of conversion therapy, and I helped with some of those organizations and helped raise charity for some of them. Uh, when I got word that they were making this film, I had reached out to Dusty, and I said, Dusty, hey, I would love to help in any way I can if, you know, if there's a way for me to do that. Uh, Dusty's husband, Mark, is one of the co-producers uh, was one of the producers of the film, and Mark sent me a screener, and I watched it. And similar to you, Scott, I was just floored. I couldn't talk for hours afterwards yeah. because I did it. It was so powerful, and and um, I just said, I I want to help promote this. I want to be there with you guys, one way or another. Um, so I got involved. They were doing a New York City premiere. And they uh, they sold out. I helped you know try to get those tickets sold. They sold out that premiere, and it was beautiful. It was amazing. There was this sense of of, of community. We talk about community all the time, but sitting in that theater with a, with a couple hundred you know people who are allies, or, or some people probably who aren't, but wanted to experience that, um, <clears throat> and the standing ovation afterwards. 
the 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 hugs the it was just magical so I, uh, when I had the opportunity to come on board as an executive producer, I jumped on it. I, I wanted to put my name to this because it is something that I am passionate about, and um, and that's where it is. And now, you know, I've been helping with this uh, with the Chicago premiere that's happening this Thursday. Uh, I still have some tickets left, so that's that's really my how I got involved. Yeah, it, it's yeah, it's so like conversion therapy is something that like the idea of it is something that I kind of I guess I don't know if I came to it late, but I remember the first time that I really like was introduced to that the awful notion was in 2004, and I had just moved to Memphis, Tennessee, and there had been an expose in the New York Times about uh, uh, somebody a survivor from Love and Action, which was actually just down the street from where I lived, um, and about like the rules that people have to go like the. Uh, the the practices and what they have to do and there was like they published this journal and I became obsessed and I started doing research to, of like how how can we expose these organizations like Exodus like Love in Action uh, and now all of these new uh, new organizations that are kind of popping up that are using First Amendment rights mm-hmm. to continue these practices um, mm-hmm. it was very startling it was it just it it's so powerful um dusty before we get to the happy parts what do you hope people uh what do you hope people take away from the film because again i i think you and and the other all all of the participants were so courageous to just be so frank and so open with your stories and again every single one of you came from a place of grace uh with this um which to me exemplifies the true meaning of Christianity and religion. Absolutely. Um, what do you hope people take away when they when they view conversion? You know, our film is so well-researched. We have real therapists, uh, licensed therapists, uh, talking on this issue. We have other activists and other survivors. I just really hope that anyone who watches this film will be educated and see that this is still happening today, see how it's morphing see how it's impacting uh, the people's lives and the families that are going through this. And most importantly, we hope that the, the 10-year-old, the 14-year-old, the 6-year-old that's sitting there watching this can see that they are born perfect and they are great just how they are. And there is so much love and acceptance in this world and to hang in there and they will, they will have everything that they need. Mm. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, okay, here's the thing. So there's going to be the Chicago screening uh, on That's Thursday, okay. January 12th at the Landmark Century Theater. Um, but there's also a celebration afterwards because yeah. there is an after party, which, you know, we gays love an after party. Oh, of course. Let's go be sad. And then let's go celebrate community. Uh, that's going to be taking place at Roscoe's. Uh, Dusty Ray Bottoms, you're going to be performing. So what what is what is in store for the entire night uh, with the Shimmy? Why don't you speak about the the uh, landmark premiere uh, and Dusty, t- you can tell people about your your signature style. Absolutely. Absolutely. The uh, premiere is at, uh, like you said, this Thursday. It will be a red carpet event. There will be press and media, interviews, and glitz and glamour. Um, It will be starting at 7 p.m. 
uh, we'll have some words by one of the producers to start. And then after, uh, once that's done, we're going to all make our way over to Roscoe's and Dusty, Dusty can tell you a little bit about what's going to happen there. Yeah, at Roscoe's, uh, I'm going to have my best Judy, Alexis Michelle, from season nine of RuPaul's. Love it. Uh, She's my very best friend, and we're going to be doing our show together, Good Judy, Bad Judy. It's an hour show of, like, 30 numbers and lots of craziness. It's going to be a great time, live singing, dancing, lip syncing, everything. Yeah, it's, oh, you can't keep me away. That's what I'm going to say. I'm vibrating right now. I'm just kind of like, ooh, here we go. Uh, look, again, I have to congratulate both of you. Uh, this this movie, Conversion, uh, it is a powerful documentary. Uh, it does leave you with uh, hope, yeah. which is which is wonderful. But also with the knowledge that there's still work to be done. That there is work to be done. And, and you know, I hope, like, as we are in New Year, New You, that we find what is important to us and to, to go forward and to help be that change. And I believe that this movie yeah. is going to be, be a part of that change. If you want to be a part of that experience, go to conversionmovie.com slash event dash details uh, for to get your tickets to the Chicago premiere. Uh, it'll be great. And then there's the incredible after party. If you've never seen Dusty Ray Bottoms perform, girl, girl, get there. Mm-hmm. It's so great. It's yeah, just, come on out. Come as, on as out, Scott Alex and Michelle. You're ding dong adorable. You are ding dong adorable. Adore, ding dong adorable. Ador, ador you are. That's, that's. Can I, can <laughs> I jump in a real quick second there? I'm sorry? Can I jump in real quick? Yes. Sure, of course. I just wanted to add that if you do buy tickets to the premiere, you will get preferred seating for Dusty's amazing uh, show, as well as free drink tickets at Roscoe's. Okay. So So that's how that works. Package deal for an amazing night. You know, I just love a good package. So, uh, so make sure that we all go do that. Again, conversionmovie.com. You can find tickets there. Uh, Shimmy Braun, thank you for being executive producer. Thank you for being such a big supporter of our show and for this cause that you're doing it. Uh, We couldn't be here uh, without you. Congratulations to both of you. And and many people couldn't be there without this film. Dusty Ray Bottoms, nay, Dusty Rayburn. Thank you so much for all that you are doing, uh, for the good work that you're doing out there, and for putting beauty out into the world. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Our it's pleasure. so great that you're letting us share our story on your platform. Of course. Oh, well, have a, thank have a you. great night on Thursday. Yes, no, and go, go do your show. Go do your show. Stop talking to me right now, even though I want to talk to you forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, I glue my wig on. All right. Love it. Go glue that wig, girl. Uh, and we've got to take a quick break. And when we come back, thank it you. is the final thrilling show-stopping moments of Out Chicago right here on WCPT. This is Tanya Richard from Tanya's Take, Race, Culture, and the Culture of Race, and you are listening to Out Chicago, WCPT. And welcome back to Out Chicago. Scott Duff here along with Ellen Miller as we are rolling along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's been a little debate. The Golden Globes are coming up. We thought they were I tonight. I thought they were tonight. They're Tuesday. Sweetie, our dinner party for the Golden Globes, we'll have to tell our guests that it's not happening. That's fine. We can, th- you can just paint t- a globe. Why did I think it was tonight? Because always they're always on, on a Sunday. They're always on a Sunday. 
And they weren't on last year because of all of the big right uh, the problems the problems that are going yes, on there. So I believe the that are coming the foreign press. Yep, the Golden Globes are coming back on January tenth. Which kind of makes me, gets me excited because it's award season. I love award season. Uh, yes. But it makes me, I have not gone to, gone to a movie theater in like. I thought you went to one since the pandemic. Didn't you? I go? have. Yeah. I've gone to see it. But I think the last movie I saw in a theater was West Side Story last year. I haven't seen one since, uh, I, I can't even tell you, before the pandemic. But we, I've not I used, been in a theater. Jerry and I used to go every day. Like not every, not every day, every week. We would go see at least one movie a week. I know you were. Yeah, we're a big one. I can't. You know, wow. like a lot Lord. of things, uh, people that people took a break from during the pandemic. Uh, the uh, un, you know was a uh, not a voluntary break, of course, but um, they realized that you know things have changed. I mean, we're living in a post-pandemic world of uh, uh, like I talked about a blues club that I used to go to any night of the week. That you know what we thought, what we knew to be true. So many things are not true. Restaurants being open late. Um, you know, clubs being around, uh, movie theaters are mm-hmm. having a, a tough time. They're having time. a really hard time, movie um, theaters. Take, you know, no one ever, I mean, movies were having a little bit of issue beforehand, but they've had a really big issue since yeah. the pandemic. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, trying to get back to some, what is normal? Yeah. What is normal? This is the new normal. I know. know. Well, I think it's, a, again, it's people unlearning habits. Yeah. You know, we all got just used to watching movies on at home, on streaming services. And people got comfortable with that yeah. for a lot of reasons. I know, you know, but let me tell you, there's something about seeing going to a theater, seeing it like the in a big, big screen. screen, and seeing it like with a group of people that you don't know, and you're all having this experience together. I think it's there's something. I think about there is. That. A lot of people complain about people on their phones and talking, and you know the general rude behavior and selfish behavior that we've seen involving yeah uh, people in their little world with their cell phones. So I, you know, again, I can't speak to it. I haven't been. I was just looking at the 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 list, the nomination list. And you don't haven't seen any. I've of them? seen like one. I saw Glass Onion. I don't even know what I've seen. Which was great, is, by the way. Is uh, White Lotus season two up? I think it is. Some of the artists are up. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I'm I've talking seen, about the films, the oh, TV films. stuff. TV, I'm sure yeah, I've seen, seen because it. I'm no, just I like. Seen any but of the, the movies, I'm just like, what, no. what? Um, them. I've heard of a lot of them. I've heard of them, but let me tell you, we watched some crazy movies lately because we had some downtime sure. between yeah, years. Yeah, we all did. But I, uh, you want to see the most, a couple of the most bananas movies on the planet. You just need to check out the menu. I've heard it's great. It's so good. We've heard good things about that. It's so good. It's, it, again, it's like, what am I, what? What am I watching? Like, it's great. It's also kind of, uh, I loved it. it mm-hmm. You know, Ray Fiennes plays a chef. It's a, you are, it's a group of people who are going to this exclusive uh, uh, restaurant that's on this island. And it's, you, you can go and it's, it's about like, you know, the food culture and the way that we have change the way we look at food and the way that you know social media and and just regular media has changed the dining experience mm-hmm. 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 i would love that it's but it's a horror movie it's a oh, thriller yeah, i hear it's a horror it's movie. a thriller it's uh it's and it's even shot like like uh, a netflix special like a netflix like chef's table uh-huh. like it'll come up with like the dish with the little the ingredients will pop up on there it's beautifully shot it's incredibly well acted it's it's a it's a crazy crazy ride um 
So two thumbs up. Highly recommend. Just yeah, let you know. like you said, Ralph Fiennes is up yeah. for a Golden Globe. So for, for uh, it's Rafe. 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 R A L P H. It's Rafe. I didn't have. I know it's strange. He pronounces right? it Rafe. It's Rafe Fiennes. Rafe Fiennes. Did you not know this Rafe? I girl. Ralph. It looks like Ralph. It to looks me. like Ralph, but I, he's he's British, so it's Rafe. It's Rafe. Okay. It's Rafe. Well, Rafe you know, Fiennes. Rafe. And Ralph, then. Rafe. I don't know. You might have seen this, uh, Devin. Uh, the other night we were, we've kind of been in, in in incubation and hibernation right now. We're dealing with some some loss, some family loss here. So we've been watching yeah. a lot of lot of films right now, uh, just to kind of take our brain off. And there's this crazy <laughs> movie called Yule Log. Yeah, from Adult Swim. One. Adult Swim is like they're on. It's on Common Cartoon Network, isn't it? Yeah. Adult, yeah, it's on the Cartoon Network. It's not a cartoon, and it's they posed it as like this movie for the holiday to kick off the holiday mm, season. Yes, and it's literally like it's it starts off as like a you know those things that you can turn on your TV so it looks like there's a fire in your fireplace. Yeah, of course, yeah. It starts off with that, okay. like literally three minutes of looking at a at oh a my. fire okay. that's going on there, and then the craziest, most bizarre horror-ish movie unfolds really? from it. If you are a fan of horror, which I am, yes, you are. I highly recommend it. I don't want to give anything away because you're kind of like, what the living hell, what in the gay hell am I watching right here? Because it is so, it's so well done. It is just like, somebody said, creative person, just go. Just go. Do it. Whatever your imagination wants to take yeah, you, you should it go. Is, it's, mm-hmm. It is truly okay. one of the most bananas movies I have ever seen in my entire life. Cannot recommend it highly enough, um, especially if you're hanging out on your on your couch and you might have okay. enjoyed Duly an edible. Noted. Yeah, okay. It is so like weird. That. But anyway, so um, look, I, I, I would be remiss uh, right now if we, if we didn't talk about... We, the Chicago theater community, the world, that sounds so grand, but it's true. But the world lost, we lost a really great, yeah, talented artist so sad this week, Frank Galati. Uh, Frank Galati, he was an ensemble member at Steppenwolf Theater. He is a Tony-winning director, an Academy Award-nominated screenwriter, uh, an actor, uh, a professor, uh, a friend and mentor to so, so many. many Chicago artists mm-hmm. uh, and artists across the globe. Yeah. Uh, he passed away this week. Um, he wasn't even that old. No. I um, I had the opportunity to to study with him. He was at Northwestern. He was, at North, he was a professor at Northwestern. Yeah. He, when I got there, he had just won a Tony Award. For Grapes of Wrath. For Grapes of Wrath. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, you know, everyone wanted to take Frank's class. Sure. Um, and when I got to take Frank's class, you understood what it was like, like what you, why, why people wanted to take it. He was one of the most generous human beings I think I have ever, generous of spirit. He affected so many people. He affected so many people. It was like he, he really was everything that every performance that you did in his class was a gift. Every, every, uh, uh, a note that he gave was carefully thought out and very, very heartfelt. Mm -hmm. It was truly one of the most Wonderful experiences. I, I I always called him Papa Noel because he just seemed like yeah. he would be a French Santa Claus because he was just like big and cuddly and like he was a big guy and 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 just filled with generosity of spirit. Um, 
I, I'm going to shut up because Stephen Colbert actually put it a little bit better. Uh, Stephen Colbert, who is a, an alumna of North uh, of Northwestern, um, and he commemorated him on his show, yeah. and he played a clip from earlier in 2022 between he and John Lithgow between. The the between takes, and they're in the commercial break, film. and they were talking yeah. about Frank Galati. And here's what Stephen uh, Colbert had to say about Frank Galati. Frank was a, uh, a, a teacher and, and eventually a friend at Northwestern. At Northwestern. Yeah. And he told that story. He said, he, the Balanchine story is what I heard from him, is that he was telling a class one day and complimenting us by saying, you know, those of us in the theater, and we were all just students, but it was like, those of us in the theater, he goes, you know, we sometimes, we, you know, we make light of the fact that some people who aren't in the theater come backstage and they say, oh, how do you remember all those lines? And, and he said, how do you remember all those lines? Let's not take for granted that there's something magical about that. You've changed something in yourself. People don't sit down and memorize two hours of, mm -hmm. of text. You did. Why did you do that? And how did you do that? Mm -hmm. And he goes, how is, what are you when you go on stage? Are you, you, what is that other thing that you're becoming? How are you presenting yourself to the audience? What are, you, what are you willing to become to be this person who wants to present ideas and emotions to an audience? How do you become beautiful? And mm -hmm. that the beauty of the world we see all around us and when you go on stage, you answer the accusation of the world, which is that you are hiding your beauty. Uh -huh. The beauty of the world accuses you of hiding your beauty. But when you go on stage, whatever you are, whatever part of humanity you are, you are just as much a part of the world that you find beautiful. And therefore, when you're on stage, you're as beautiful as any statue, you're as beautiful as any sunset. And will you allow people to see you beautifully? And then he tells that story of Balanchine saying, raise your leg, no. Raise it beautifully. And it meant something to that ballerina, and she did raise it beautifully. And that's stuck with me. How do you now do it? Wonderful. Now, can you do it beautifully? Sure. And that doesn't mean gently or lovely. It means uh -huh. beautifully, no matter what you're portraying. Mm. Thank you, Frank. Which I think is just such a yeah. huge, huge thing to think about, especially as like you know we're, we are here in a city that is rich with artists. Mm -hmm. And as we go about our, 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 our lives, and as we start this new year, um, I just want I, I, I want us to try to make a national shift to try to find the beauty around us and to try to that. move forward. Um, there was a great poem by T.S. Eliot. Um, it says, for last year's words belong to last year's language and next year's words await another voice. And to make an end is to make a beginning. So let's all make a new beginning and try to find the beauty. Find your voice, find your joy, do the work. And with that, we're going to end our, our very Beautiful first fun. show of 2023. Beautiful um, sentiment to end on. Thank, thank you. you. Yes. Uh, I want to thank our guests, Shimmy Braun, Dusty Ray Bottoms, a.k.a. Dustin Rayburn, mm -hmm. and Lenny Manah, Hoppenworth. Uh, Devin, you're amazing. Tune into the Sports Cubicle. I will give you all the feedback on halftime shows. There we are. Paul, thank you so much for running things back over there. Ellen Miller, great to see you. Good to see you. Happy, 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 happy birthday. Congratulations on us uh, embarking on but our 10th bananas. year together Just on the radio. Bananas. Thank yep. you. And I'm Scott Duff. And until next week, stay, stay proud. proud.